Rusty Quill presents. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow-up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Okay, station so all one. this is going in. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Hainai official uh, cast, cast uh, Q&A. Q&A. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> Why did you give me lines to learn then? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm Matsi Dapul. I created the show. I wrote the show, and I'm also, I also played Mary as well as uh, George Langford. I'm Leon. Uh, nice to meet you all, uh, virtually, I suppose. Uh, I play Donner. Um, that's who I voice. I'm Abigail Rhodes, and I do the voice of Laura Nichols. Hi, I'm Natalie. I play the voice of Evelyn Y, um, who is a U of T student. Namaste. I am Adil, and I play Guru Mahadev, also known as Ashvin Biari. And we have Edward Boxler voice of Murphy. Unfortunately, he can't be here with us because of a family emergency, but I sent him the questions in advance and he was super great enough to send in his answers. And with that, he has a little message for all of you. Uh, hello, Hainai fans. Uh, this is Edward Boxler here, or the voice of Murphy. Uh, sorry, I could not be there today for the Q&A, uh, but I still thought I would take some time to uh, answer a few questions, which uh, were um, wonderfully written down for me. Uh, thank you all for for listening to the to our podcast. Uh, it it means a lot when we have so much support. Uh, so, 
All right, and I'm Raj Helly, voice of Ira, Mary's ex, but you'll probably recognize me more from the end credits at the end of the episode. Also, I'm co-creator and co-producer of Hainai. So let's get right to it. So we have a bunch of questions from people, so thanks everyone for sending them in. So we can start with uh, something for the creators first. So... So just to start us off, so creators, how did you come up with the idea for Hai Nai? Well, this is mostly Nazi. Um, I came up with the idea from Hai Nai. I was inspired by a couple of other um, horror or supernatural uh, podcast stories. And I wanted to do something where I would have a Filipino protagonist, uh, uh, a queer representation, and also just uh, something that I could use, like, I just moved into Toronto at the time, so I wanted to use that as well. Um, unfortunately, with the pandemic, that means I haven't, like, used it as much as I could, but I think Toronto is really rich with um, a lot of different stories, and it's a really cool city, and I wanted to have my love of Filipino culture mixed with the appeal of those podcasts and their um, supernatural, their horror elements, and uh, kind of incorporate Toronto as a city as its own character into the story. Nice. So with that, which characters are the hardest and easiest to write? Ooh. Um, so in terms of the characters, none of them are like the hardest to write per se, but I did have certain like beats I wanted to hit, specifically with Donner as a character, because Donner is definitely like a really cool character to write and I wanted him to not be necessarily an exact opposite foil to Mary but still have a sort of um uh like contrast and a little bit of um like like I was writing them in a way where they were too easy going with each other which wasn't my intention at the beginning um I wanted them to get along but not in a way that was that didn't have its own like little problems. So I had to start rewriting a lot of like my original Donner dialogue to kind of, to make that happen. So Donner, I guess, I guess technically was the hardest, although overall, like it depends on like what the beats I have to hit <laughs> um, in order to kind of, and to fit the characters that exist into those beats. Yeah, I can attest like the conversations we have on writing Donner go on the longest. <laughs> Is there a character that's easiest to write? I have a feeling it's Murphy. <laughs> well, Murphy, yes, because he's very much he he is kind of a stock character as much as he's also like his own unique character. He's a little easier to write because he, you know, like being a smart aleck is kind of a good. There's a lot of reference points you have, but honestly, the easiest to write, and this is the most obvious answer too, is Mary. <laughs> <laughs> literally just because like first of all when I write Mary I don't have to write dialogue I I mean usually like it's monologue and monologue is the easiest thing to write because I can just write kind of stream of consciousness and then edit it back in later but with dialogue it's like Mary's speaking now Donner's speaking now and I just it, it it fries my brain I was like I am gonna make this podcast to be a monologue so I don't have to do that and then I immediately introduced like five other characters and I'm like well I played myself Okay, so for the cast, ooh, we got cast questions. What's the hardest part about voice acting your roles or voice acting in general? 
it's hard to voice a character while lying down. No, um, so, um, because uh, I guess this I, would include George Langford for you. Oh my God, that's true. Okay, I guess I should just answer George Langford. Mary's a little easier. George Langford was a little difficult because he was supposed to be a one-off character, but then we brought him back. So I had to do the exact same accent and voice that um, I did for the first time, which was which is a little funny because even though you hear his character in the in the podcast, the way he actually sounds is very different. And I'll give you an example right now. And please, this is pre this is pre editing. This is how George Langford sounds. Oh, hello there. How are you? He sounds like this. It's so silly. But he does sound like this. And I had to do this every single time. And oh my God. So it's a really stupid voice. It's a really stupid voice. But the reason I did that is because um, it's very different from my voice um, quality, like as Mary. And I mean, obviously that accent is terrible and you can roast me in the comments if you want to. But it, <laughs> um, but yeah, the truth is, like when you're doing different characters, they have to just like you know um, sound like I wanted to sound as far away from myself as I could, and that was like the solution I got to. So I guess the difficulty is playing more characters because the easiest thing to do instead of casting other people is just doing it myself. Um, geez, uh, hardest part of voice acting. In general, or just Donner? Um, I don't know, I'm gonna answer both, why not? Um, so, like for me, I'm, I, I very much, I'm the kind of actor that, that bounces off of like my fellow actors. I'm, I'm very much using energy and I'm a very emotional actor. So um, for working with Donner, uh, the hardest parts for me are when I have to tone down emotion uh, because it fits the way the story's supposed to go. So like I can play an angry role really easy off the beat, read the script once and just react on that role. Cause I know how to be angry. I know how to be sad. I know how to just, you know, put myself in those emotions. But when there's just roles where, or stages like, yeah, you're just having a conversation. And I'm just like, oh, how am I supposed to just talk and be in the moment, right? I need that emotional fuel, which I don't always get. Um, which is which is difficult. So, uh, working with with Motsi and Mari and and um, I feel that the easiest part of that part is working with Ed because Ed is a very like easygoing character, uh, character actor, anyways. So I can I can kind of play the straight edge role. Um, but I, I would say I'd say the hardest is is being able to balance the emotion um, when when the when it doesn't call for it. You can't always be like you know. The Hugh Jackman screaming versus, you know, calm acting. So it's kind of difficult for me, but that's pretty much the hardest part. Definitely what Leon said, the not being able to bounce things off of people. I come from a stage acting background. So getting out of the like the overacting and like being able to walk around and move around, uh, not being able to do that is super difficult. And when you're kind of just sitting here in your chair, um, not in the environment, um, not in costume. That's super different for Laura, for sure. A lot of like a lot of her parts are really physical, like episode three where she's chopping up the painting. That was so hard to get because I'm not I'm not holding anything. I'm not standing up. So like getting 
even just like the exasperation from moving so much is really really hard to do if you're not moving that's a big issue at the the finale when you're running like I feel like I have to work myself up to be able to get those like noises and those sounds and if it were any other sort of like stage acting I'd be doing the movements and it'd come a little more naturally so that's definitely like a, a hard part about it for sure yeah, for sure. And we appreciate everyone like taking in our notes when we ask them to when we ask them to act something. Uh maybe it can be a bit more panicky. Uh more aggressive. <laughs> I need you to breathe. I need you to breathe like ten thousand times over the yes, past like the breathing. 10 episodes. All breathe the this. breathing track. Breathe that. You're <laughs> sighing, you're running, I have breathe, breathe. Files breathe. on my phone that are just like breathing, <laughs> huffing and puffing, like <laughs> named different things. Because <laughs> it's just breathing. Yeah, and different types of breathing, too. <laughs> okay, Breathing Natalie. while running. Breathing while standing. Uh, for me, as a, a relatively new voice actor, um, or just um, actor in general, I, I find it the most challenging part is to uh, just get the emotions of the lines uh, right when I'm reading it because we don't get a whole lot of rehearsal before, um, reading the lines. Um, cause sometimes, uh, if I do get enough rehearsal, I'd like to like get to know the context a little more, the character and trying to like get my head in the mindset of the character. But, um, sometimes, um, just due to the schedule, we don't get enough of that time. So it's a challenge, but it's like a really interesting challenge just to like sight read um, the lines and like, if we're in a group, um, try to bounce off of each other um, in that moment. So yeah, that's what I find the most challenging um, in my experience here. Yeah, definitely. However. Like as much as... However, however, <laughs> you are uh, your character is many people's favorite character, including mine. And oh. and having worked with you, oh. I think we only had one. We only had one. Uh, maybe, yeah, actually, we only had one time that we we actually recorded together. Yeah, and the amount of work that you put in kind of puts us to shame sometimes because you are very dedicated. You put so much effort. And uh, <laughs> I remember when you were trying to get the accent, the pronunciation right, like to the detail, which was very, very impressive. And I'm like Abigail, I'm trained in, uh, in stage acting too. Mm. Seeing that, like I have not seen an actor do that for a long time. Yeah, I agree with oh. that. I, my my background's improv, so like I get a I get a line, and I was like, eh, "This is a general feel of a line. Let's just see how it goes," <laughs> which yeah. doesn't work for people who like scripts. And I'm just like improv all the way, baby. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, I've, I've worked with you, Natalie, and been like, "Oh, okay, uh, that's that's how it's supposed to do it, I suppose." So <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'd like to to like get the looseness of. Um, of improv a lot better because that's something like um that i have i find challenging but i i am so amazed by people who can just like get um get something right off the bat just like anything and it just feels right 
it feels natural instead of like um trying to do it right but then you kind of look like you're overthinking it um i want to get past that when i get the chance to do more of this well you're doing wonderfully like at this point every character has gotten a lot of love uh but i think evelyn was everyone's first favorite characters like yeah. we got yeah like Evelyn cool. was the first character like uh, people really responded positively to and made a lot of comments. Evelyn, that's the name of God. That's yeah. nice to know. <laughs> so yeah, Adil. Oh, yeah. What about you? Well, a little bit of what everybody else said. So I'm uh like Laura and like Leon, it's hard when you rehearse you by yourself. You're not you're not sure how the other actor is going to say that line. And I realized that, especially when we're playing uh, a scene with uh, with Ed, so who plays Murphy. And the way I rehearsed and the way he delivered the line was completely different, so I had to imp- improvise. At the same time, it was very natural, so it, it helped. But, um, yeah, that, that's kind of a challenge. Uh, also, the romantic scenes were hard to play. Uh, especially the first time that uh, um, Ashvin and Murphy meet in the bar. And I had no idea how to play that because it's, first of all, <laughs> I'm not gay. So I had to to try to imagine, like, I, I was trying to, to dig into my own personal experience. So I had to imagine a woman, Murphy being a woman, to be like, Okay, this is how it works. I'm, I'm just going to play it like that. But at the same time, the dynamic is a little different because it's not, it's 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 not the same. Like normally, when I would be in a bar approaching a woman, I'd be like doing most of the you know approaching. Here, I'm being approached, which is not something I'm used to. So I had to like kind of find out how to play that. But in the end, I think it was we did it pretty well. I it's like your great. hand movement for approaching. <laughs> yeah. A big claw. Uh, a a bear claw. <laughs> it's like a rar. <laughs> but yes, thank you. You know what? Um, everyone seemed to like that scene, and but also I hated hearing it. <laughs> I, I like I wrote it down and I thought this is gonna be fine, right? And then people were like, This is a good scene, but then me hearing you both act it out, I had to like step away and just like cover my ears because I'm just like I don't like for some reason um I don't like listening to romance or flirtation that I've written <laughs> I have the same reaction as like seeing a kiss scene in while watching a movie with my parents even though I wrote that scene and even though people say it's a good scene I'm like it gotta go bye guys <laughs> but it was good you guys are amazing so <laughs> Yeah, I absolutely wouldn't have. I didn't think at all you had a hard time with that because you did so. You and Ed did so well with that scene. Thank you. Uh, hardest part about voice acting Murphy or voice acting in general? Okay, uh, so Murphy is a deceptively tough character um, to voice act because he's always trying to relieve the tension of the situation, uh, either by dismissing it through a pop culture reference or just trying to make a joke so unless it's an incident that he's you know directly involved in uh in that case he gets very emotional 
So trying to find the balance where he's not taking himself uh, so seriously, but also making the audience believe that it's a logical switch for the character to, such, to have such emotional swings. Uh, I know for me, I'm trying constantly trying to think about what Murphy's mental state is in every situation uh, and every circumstance. And I just, I hope that the, the, the voice that comes out of me <laughs> in that moment is, is the right one. Um, so anytime Ashvin or Adil is, I'm doing a scene with him, it's usually a lot easier because we can just play off each other, which I love. Uh, voice acting for me, um, the toughest thing uh, about having to is having to make the change from uh, focusing on a visual performance, uh, you know, acting in front of a camera uh, versus just a sole uh, audio performance. Um, I think with when you're in front of the camera, you can... Um, it's all in the face, um, you know, like it, uh, like your expression. So if if you you don't say the line completely the way that maybe you wanted to, you, you your 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 facial expression can compensate. Whereas with audio, you can't do that. It's you have to sell everything with your voice. And I do think adapting to that was probably the toughest part, but it's still a lot of fun. There you go. Okay, so that, that's a little unfair because you had time to think it out. And <laughs> everything. So eloquent. So eloquent. No. <laughs> but to be fair, if Ed was here, he'd just take, need one take like he always does with Murphy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we only need Pretty one much. Take. Pretty much. And it's easiest to write for Ed, I think, because of all the voice actors, his interpretation of the character has been the most spot on with how the how our interpretations of the characters like it, we initially set out with mm -hmm. yeah like everyone has really good like interpretations but this one was kind of like one-to-one -one on, on, on the characters so that was like um it was easy to kind of direct a little bit uh, yeah so with that um there's actually a related question here have the characters changed a lot from their own original ideas and how Ooh. Uh, yes and no. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yes. Um, so one of the things when I was writing these characters, so a lot of people might assume it's planned like way, like way earlier. Um, and, you know, there are certain elements of each character that are planned from their backstory to the beats that they're going to be hitting in the, in the season one and two. But in terms of building the character, we wanted our actors to have a lot of input for um, how they thought the character should be. It's kind of like there is a base, like there's a base um, character that we have and we would tell them like, oh, this is what she's doing. This is what he's doing. This is what, you know, like this is um, the personality, et cetera, et cetera. But then um, especially for like cultural background, we would ask like, what's the best, like um, what do you think this person would do in this, in this situation or um uh like um in terms if i asked like um language i would ask uh, for language tips from our actors like um especially with adil or uh, and leon sometimes and yeah it was just like it is i wanted it to be comfortable for our actors like i didn't want to just like force upon them the specific character that i'd written down from like this is like this is everything that they are and you cannot like get out of this box so definitely, like, in my mind, there was a certain way I imagined different characters, but the way they're acted, the way the um, actors understood them um, would, um, what, what's the word, would influence um, how 
I would write future episodes for them. And sometimes it's just like easier, you know, it's like, oh, um, I imagine this for the character, but this is not, um, but this is kind of like uh, almost ridiculously out of the, like it's almost like outrageous in comparison to how they were portrayed. So I would kind of like double back and check what would be the best way to write them so that future recordings would go smoother. <laughs> well, it's it's funny that like you say that. So like, um... Sometimes Monster would be like, all right, um, Donner is like Caribbean uh, descent and like lives in Canada. Like, is there any patois he would say or how he would react to like, you know, certain situations. And in my head, I was just like, well, yeah. And then I think about it and I'm like, most black people from Caribbean descent only respond with like patois and like certain, like, I guess, connotations from that culture when around other black people so like i'm like oh yeah murphy would say this but then it's like wait a minute no he wouldn't because he's hanging out with with mari so he wouldn't say that so no <laughs> right like, there's just so like for me like dealing with like donner especially from like how he's changed it's become very much more you know uh real of a character um uh, mm. because like there are certain curse words that like maybe a black person would say and if they're you know have that descent in toronto but they wouldn't say it around other people who aren't black so that mm. whole world just like changes on how like i now envision murphy talking and saying like donner things, donner wow <laughs> i'm not murphy how donner like talks and says things um which is really uh, an evolution so far yeah that definitely like um it, it's it's weird to say like oh I want it to be authentic but I really do it's like I don't know everything I I I, I only know as much as Mary knows and kind of like in terms of the, I I build the story but to inhabit that story um, I have really got like the feedback of everybody has been invaluable um, and it has been wonderful like to hear everyone's ideas and like for the most part I don't I don't really like reject any of the ideas like maybe like one or two if it like kind of goes too far afield of the story or the characters like beats but overall like if somebody has an idea I'm kind of just like you know what uh thank you <laughs> thank you that's uh uh I don't know like I I'm kind of just um trying to I'm trying to keep it on a certain course but not control everything if that makes sense well you cast uh the people pretty well. I mean, you cost a Mauritian to play a Mauritian, <laughs> so it's uh, it's been fun. It's it's been fun doing it. It's been it's great to have the opportunity to play a Mauritian, which I, I never thought I would have. Like even in Mauritius, I've never played a Mauritian. <laughs> so so this is just great every time. And I even on social media, I I usually like I'm, when I'm promoting the thing, like this is this is a Mauritian character, and he's going to speak Creole. So. Um, a lot of my friends are more interested. That piques their interest and they listen, hopefully. I think. That's awesome. That's awesome. Definitely a lot of the comments and feedback we get is on Ashvin's background. Like, it's really piquing a lot of people's interest. Like, we get a lot of, oh, I didn't even know uh, Mauritius was, was a thing, and now I do. And a lot, of, a lot more people are learning about it. Yeah, it's, so, just, uh, it's just east of uh, Skull Island and south of Shangri-La, but... <laughs> <laughs> no it's a, yeah it's a it's a real country it's it's east madagascar mm -hmm. small yeah, island so i think that 
Yeah, so I think that's a good segue into our next question. Do you plan to branch out and have folklore from other cultures appear in Hainai? And I think this is um, relevant in general to um, Ashvin's Mauritian folklore background. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes and no. Um, I, I, I say yes and no because on the one hand, I definitely a lot of the Hainai is steeped in Filipino culture and like what I grew up with and that's what I know how to write. Um, I, I also want there to be a lot of fun, like in terms of the creep, like I want there to be variety in terms of, uh, what horror or what like thing or creature that they, um, will encounter every single, um, with every single episode. However, I do not want to get into the position where I am um, appropriating what I don't understand. And this actually came into, um, this is one of my big concerns with a character I wanted to include, but I may not include as heavily as I had originally planned because after some feedback from somebody of that culture. So in terms of like um, different cultures, I will be incorporating at least as much as I can different people and kind of their understanding of certain um, cre- like certain um, horrors. Um, but I will also be mostly leaning towards um, some like um, things that exist like across cultures like um ghosts or mostly ghosts <laughs> mostly ghosts but there will be a couple like there will be a couple that I will be bringing up um many of which were were referred to very vaguely in the panaginip or dream episode um when mary has that very dreamlike monologue she mentions things that seem very vague but are all kind of references to future um appearances and creatures and monsters and things um, that will appear in the series. So not as deeply as say like monster of the week, um, supernatural, but not quite, but I won't like shy away from that either. Yeah, actually when people suggested this, like that was a really pretty exciting notion to play around with, but also we do want to be uh, sensitive and careful with that. but yeah, let's see where it goes, especially um, since, you know, Ashvin, we now have Ashvin officially as part of the gang. So we'll see how much more involved his magic is. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because like, um, like, because I, I grew up, I was born in England, grew up in Canada. My parents are Jamaican and I'm very like, aware and like grew up in Jamaican culture. Um, and there is a lot of stuff that's. I was going to say cross-platform, but uh, like cross-culture, right? Um, and it goes beyond like, yeah, every every spirit has ghosts, but like, yeah, Jamaican has like charms as well. Things that you just hold on to because, you know, everything from like good luck to, you know, protecting you from evil spirits and like history things where it's just like, oh, you know, if if the light outside looks like this, like don't cross this light. And and a lot of that is is cross-cultural. And again, because... A lot of people from the Philippines traveled the world. Uh, people from Africa traveled the world. So, like those those stories get interconnected. So there there is a lot of of, of Filipino lore that immediately I'm like, oh, that's the same thing. It's just a different name that uh, I understand and I grew up with, right? Exactly, and yeah, like um, yeah, uh, a lot of what I really enjoy about uh, Hainai is kind of having characters say like. 
um, this is what I practiced or this is what I believed when I was a kid or this is what I was told. And then kind of sharing that with somebody else was like, oh, but this is what I was told. And they're very similar in that way. So it's not like, for example, I won't suddenly like bring in um, a mythical God from another, like from another country that I don't fully understand, but there will be like people who practice um um more supernatural or more like metaphysical like arts that um I could kind of refer to um in a way where it's not I'm not trying to like you know just for example like as an example the um the creature the, there's a Native American creature that people keep naming that shouldn't even be named in the first place that keep just being dropped as a random like monster in video games and shows and everything and I don't want to do that However, I will like reference like because this is native land, I'm not going to suddenly like pretend that I like, kind of pretend or shy away from mentioning that 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 is the case. And I will certainly not avoid every single like um uh like uh, folklore or like belief um, that is native. So it's kind of like I'm trying to find a good balance in between where I acknowledge, but I don't take. Yeah, that's really good. So here's a fun one. Speaking of folklore and myths, if you guys were mythological creatures, which ones would you be? Motsi, start. Which one would I be? Um, let's look behind me for a second. What, like, nobody in the in the <laughs> audio can see it, but no, it's a tikbalang. Um, no, I, I wouldn't actually be a tikbalang, but um, uh, that is... She would date a tikbalang. Yeah, would date a tikbalang. You want them in your life. <laughs> I want them in my life, but I would not be them. Uh, just for some reference, for those who don't know, tikbalang is a horse-headed creature from the Philippines. Anyway... Um, what would I be? I don't know. Like you guys answer first. I actually have I just went on a tangent. Oh. I actually have no idea. <laughs> oh, define, I'd start. Define mythology. I don't uh, know. Well, I could start. I'd be a I'd yeah. be a mermaid, man. <laughs> Very I'd simple. be a mermaid. Yeah, I love the ocean. And also yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's I mean, anytime I'm asked that, it's always, yeah, I'd be a mermaid. Number one, I love the ocean. Number two, can you imagine just noping out of society <laughs> and just the dream right the dream that's really it that's the main appeal for me mm-hmm. um and okay like i think i can read ed's answer before uh everyone oh. else oh, but before starts, so. before you do reg i just want to say to leon anything at all and if you're thinking of a video game or whatever that's fine Boring. too, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah once we there's no batman. rules here you can't no, say batman no, 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 <laughs> you can't say batman we're not, we're not we don't batman. know he's not real because the rest are real for sure um <laughs> would you want to read red red you want to read ed's answer because i have my answer now that we've kind of clarified okay. what mythology is but we'll read ed's okay. answer first uh if I were a mythological creature, which one would I be? Uh, a dragon, because I don't think I have to explain that. A dragon, dragons are awesome. Uh, you can train them uh, to be great pets, as we saw in uh, How to Train Your Dragon. And yes, they're not invincible, but just the mere presence of a dragon would make people think twice about their actions, in my opinion. So I would be uh, 100% a dragon. Okay, Leon, go ahead. I don't feel so bad now, because I'm going to bounce <laughs> off that answer. Now... I wanted. I was gonna say dragon, but it depends on like which dragon. Cause like Eastern dragons are like more sage. They're wise. They're intelligent. They're they're they have this like splendor to them. They're all about the water. They have this whole calmness and tranquility. And then you know Western style dragons are like I'm gonna burn the village down and I'm an asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess my one curse word per. <laughs> 
Um, but I, I think I think I would I would actively choose a, 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 an Atlantean to an extent, and I don't mean like that that like garbage Atlantean. I mean like mermaid. No, I'm talking I'm talking about like <laughs> the the Atlanteans that were like borderline like sorcerers and magicians, and they they had this um this charisma charisma and intelligence to them would be like the world that I'm thinking like young justice calderome atlantean kind of level where yeah, it's like calderome. you're kind of mythical but also you're you have that wisdom and that sageness to them that I would think I want to be mythical so like a dc comics version atlantean man you know uh, Ed took my answer. I was gonna say dragon. That was the first thought that came into my head was a fire breathing dragon. All my coworkers, we have the dis- discussion a lot at work. Actually, we talk in depth about what mythical creature we would be. Um, so I was gonna say dragon, but uh, we also bring up cryptids a lot, and I think that I would be uh, like a Sasquatch. I've got the build for it for sure. I'd be I'd be just like a large, hairy just living my hermit life in the woods what i've always wanted really love that you're absolutely a dragon <laughs> dragon slash yes. sasquatch yes <laughs> yes uh, natalie <laughs> Can I be i'm both? just going by like the order the of order the, yeah i figured <laughs> Our little I, thought, I, 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 I was just telling myself that uh, you were saving the best for last every time, but yeah, you called the dragons boring, and that was like <laughs> you don't get to answer now. You, you don't get, get, you get, you get, get any input. Totally <laughs> Go, Natalie. Cancelled again. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't know if I like. It's hard to tell if I like personally resonate, but out of curiosity, just to see how the anatomy works, I really want to. I want to know what a centaur, being a centaur is like, because <laughs> like it's got a human torso and a horse torso, but then like what what is that? What's in between? How does that connect? Just so how do you wear and like pants? the two the two different shoulder <laughs> blades. Like I want to know what that's like. <laughs> Um, of course, Natalie has the most and now I'm afraid answer. of like, I follow that? all the fans when they hear everyone's answers, they're gonna make like fan art. Yes, of yes. everyone yes. in these yes. things. So um, now I'm afraid, but you know that that's 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 what I'm going with. I want to know what um, a centaur is like, just for anatomical purposes. The very specific fan art that you're going to see in a couple of weeks is um, is just uh, <laughs> Evelyn looking at herself as a centaur and thinking, how the f- does that work? How the heck does this work? <laughs> Having That's an absolutely Evelyn. Of course, Natalie would have like the most academic answer. Yeah, so I'm going to pick one that's going to be relevant to Ashwin or Guru Mahadev because I'm going to pick one from Indian mythology, and which is also... Ashfin's uh, amulet, his protective thing. So I'm going to pick Hanuman because Hanuman is um, an ape man of sorts. He's kind of a god. He is super powerful. He can fly. He's super strong. He can change sizes. He can go, he, he's like Ant Man. He can go like super small or super big. He was able, at some point, he ate the sun 
So suck it, dragons. So, oh, 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 <laughs> he's super mischievous, and okay. he's the son of the wind. I see. I, just I picked see. A god. They're like, what yeah. mythical creature? He's like, I'm not a mythical creature. I'm picking a god. Hey, he's the son of a god. He's the son of a god. He's the son of a god. He's a demigod, kind of. Yes, that's mm-hmm. so much better. Uh, and just to top it off with my answer, I, I guess I will just stick with no answer because if this is going to come out with fan art, all you have to do is just draw me beside of Tikbalang and I'm happy. <laughs> like, that's literally what it is. I don't need to be You don't need to creature. be a, I just need to be a with the wife of a Tikbalang. <laughs> that's a mythical creature. That's a mythical creature. Oh my God. You know what? Technically, it is wife of Tikbalang. <laughs> Tikbalang wife. <laughs> Your own there. Now. That is me. That that's the cryptid that I am. Like by association, <laughs> you're already mythical. <laughs> yes, good question, by the way. Whoever asked that. Mm-hmm.